We welcome all of our new online listeners. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, the hosting pastor of XL Church in IOM America. My wife Jane and I are blessed that you decided to join us. XL represents Exchange Life. Our church is an outreach of IOM America. We believe all online services should be birthed from the Lord's localized ministries. We want you to know you have our permission to download and or forward this media to a hurting world. We live in troubling times. As global crises come and go, we need to be reminded that the Lord Jesus Christ is attempting to gain our attention, and we need to listen. Our media outreach, I Am Media Productions, demonstrates compassion in action. Everything we do sits upon the pedestal of compassion. So let's get started. Enjoy the worship, illustrative videos, prayer, and weekly message.
Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to believe because God will hear and answer our prayers for protection, for provision, for healing. So, Lord, we thank you that you never slumber, you never sleep. You're aware of what we're going through right now. And we come to you today believing for you to hear and answer our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.
lift your voice. Thank you, Lord. For all you've done in our lives, we want to say thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the faithful churches throughout the world today. Many of these churches, Father, represent the Church of Philadelphia. Father, I remember when you said, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens. You said this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Father, there are many churches, as you know, that are scattered throughout the world who are probably descendants of the church of Philadelphia. They refused, O God, to buy into the lies of the synagogue of Satan, pretending to adopt and believe certain Jews were authentic Jews. But as you said, Father, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, that they were lying. 
Then you turned around and said that you will cause these liars to come and bow down at your feet. Father, the faithful churches truly make known your true authentic love. God, I know that all of these faithful churches throughout the world are persevering churches. You said you would keep the faithful churches away from the hour of testing. And you said that hour which is about to come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on earth. Father, when I think about what you're going to do and have been doing in regarding testing of the true authentic churches from the fake ones, it is beyond anything that I could hope or comprehend. I believe that your testing is pure and it's righteous. And you are trying to separate the goats from the sheep. And the church descendants of Philadelphia are truly the pillars, O God, of your temple. You said you would write on the banners of these churches your holy name and your holy city, the new Jerusalem, which will come down out of heaven right from your hand. I continue to believe and I continue to pray for all of these faithful churches and fellowships. I personally believe, Lord, that in the end, really it's the Church of Philadelphia and its descendants that are going to be able to bear the mark of your holy name. So we pray that all of these churches, Father, will maintain faithfulness to your precious holy name. And Father, as you know, we only pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. you for being our guest today. We hope you decide to join us each week as we meticulously work our way through the book of Revelation. At the end of our message today, we really do hope that you take the time to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have well over 300 videos that focus on the believer's identity in Christ. Let's get started. Let's review our scripture for today. We're in Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Here's what it says. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, I write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts no one opens, say this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews, and they're not, but lie. 
I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my perseverance. I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on earth. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Let's take a look at the message to the church of Philadelphia. It is a message to the true church. This church was about 25 miles south of Sardis. It was named after its founder, Italus II Philadelphus the king of Pergamum. Because of his loyalty to his elder brother, Eumenes II, king of Lydia. Philadelphia is a young city compared to the other churches we have discussed. It was established around 189 BC on one of the highways which led to the interior of Asia Minor. The names given to this city through the centuries were many. But it ended up with a modern name of Al-Shirhair, which means the city of God. Philadelphia quickly became an important and wealthy trade center. As the coastal cities declined, it grew in power and retained its importance, even until the late Byzantine times. During the reign of Tiberius, the city was destroyed by an earthquake, yet it was quickly rebuilt, twice, once in 1306 and the second in 1324. It was besieged by the Sunni Muslim Turks. It retained its independence until after 1390, when it was captured by the combined forces of the Turks and the Byzantines. In 1403, Tamburlaine, one of the greatest and ruthless military commanders in Turkish history, captured it, and it is said he built about it a wall of the corpses of its Christian victims. Ashar is a Christian town to this very day. Well, minimally, they tolerate a Christian type of faith. It's on the terrace upon which the ancient city actually stood. The ruins of a castle and the walls may be seen to this very day. Among them is the foundation of the early church. Let's take a look at some very interesting points of interest. To this day, the Turkish government barely acknowledges the existence of the Philadelphian church and their community. They place no link or adds to this community whatsoever. In spite of all their refusal to acknowledge the one and only true Christian community 
of Turkey. The town still prospers in faith. It is considered one of the great wonders of church history. The Church of Philadelphia was the cream of the crop regarding the seven churches. It was one of the only two churches that had no rebukes. Smyrna, the Church of Poverty and Persecution, was the other one. Both churches were accused of being Jewish because of their beliefs and the doctrines of being grafted into the Jewish body, that of Jesus Christ. The word repent is not used by Christ or the Church of Philadelphia. The Philadelphian church heeded the advice given to the previous church at Sardis. They strengthened those things that Sardis would not. As Sardis protested against Thyatira, Philadelphia protested and came out of the dead Protestant and state church called Sardis. Here was a church that had returned to sound doctrine. They became a renewed focus on evangelism and a revival of purity, holiness, and truth. It had little power, but they kept the word of the Lord by making use of the power they did have, something churches need to take advantage of today. Whatever power that Christ has allotted to the faithful churches, they need to stand on it and make use of it. Well, Philadelphia refused to deny God's word or the name of Jesus. It was a persevering church of brotherly love. The synagogue of Satan refers to the Jews who might have been the church of God, but by opposition had become the synagogue of Satan. To Smyrna, the promise is the synagogue of Satan should not prevail against her as the church or the faithful ones. To Philadelphia, she should even win over the synagogue of Satan. Take a few moments sometime and look up 1 Corinthians 14.25. Many great evangelistic revivals and missionary efforts came forth from this revived church. The city of Philadelphia continued, and by all respects, continues to this very day. Keep in mind that Jesus holds the keys to David and he decides who will enter the gates of David, heaven, or if they go to hell. Remember when Jesus gave Peter those keys, which you can find in Acts chapter 2, in order to open the kingdom of heaven so the Jews on the day of Pentecost could enter. Well, in Acts 10, we find those keys used again for the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. Peter left those doors open, and the keys have never been mentioned again in Scripture until now. This is why it is so offensive to Jesus when the Pope, a priest, a bishop, a preacher, or an evangelist thinks he has the prerogative to decide who enters those gates. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It is He, Jesus Christ, who decides who enters, and it is He who will close the door at its chosen time. The Church of Philadelphia has given an open door to serve. They have shown the faithfulness necessary to serve in the service of Christ. God's calling on the faithful believer is ordained. He is given a pulpit to spread the news, which God gives him to deliver. 
This is done in order for each of us to reach the right pulpit for service. We must be willing to be led to do so. The time stamp for the Church of Philadelphia covers from approximately 1750 A.D. through the end of World War II and up to the time of Israel actually becoming a nation, interesting enough. It does need to be noted that the church at Philadelphia and the church of Laodicea will coexist until the true church is caught up in the rapture. Keep in mind coexistence does not mean partnership. It is simply both will remain on earth until that particular time. The true believers are extracted from both. What remains will be. The last revival of the Church of Philadelphia was led by men like Whitfield, Wesley, Finney, and Moody. What a team. Can you imagine those men on our streets today? They'd be shot, imprisoned, or considered radicals even by their own church members. We have not seen a worldwide revival like the revivals these men were a part of since. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those to whom Jesus sends the members of the synagogue of Satan to come and worship before the Lord's feet. What a day that would be. Not that we should want people to serve us, but to serve Christ and to bow at his feet. What a privilege given to the Church of Philadelphia. Also keep in mind the members of the synagogue of Satan are not Satanists in black robes. These are church members who think or pretend to be saved, when in reality they are promoting the prince of darkness or the prince of the air. And of course that's Satan. The great price was paid for you and me. To be a bridal member of Christ, we have to go through a true, authentic, born-again salvation. He's not about to have an enemy steal his bride before the wedding feast. It just simply is not going to happen. He purchased us with his blood, according to Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Those who counterfeit the true church, or bridal members, will pay dearly for their evil deception. And there are many fake churches today that are not preaching the true, authentic gospel. Two great things are being revealed to us in our passage today. First, when he said, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. It is absolutely critical we keep God's word holy and intact. If one word failed his word, all Christianity would crumble under our feet. Satan knows that, and he pushes to test all Christians to deny God's holy word. There's a lot of that going on today. Since that will never happen to the authentic believers, every word will be fulfilled by the hand of Christ himself. God is the word, and he, Jesus Christ, is not up for a rewrite that completely torches the enemy and we got to praise God for that secondly this church not only kept his word but they kept his name they did not deny the name of the Lord but kept it lifted it high 
above all other things. They are not pushed to their knees. They chose to stay on their knees for Christ's sake. So exactly what does Christ mean by saying, I will also keep you from the hour of testing? Here's where the theologians like to play. There are some leaders that preach ideas, doctrines, and dogmas regarding the church having to go through the full tribulation. Some preach that the church will only have to go through the first three and a half years of this great tribulation. And then there are those who preach the truth. According to this verse, the promise comes to the church of Philadelphia to keep them from the hour of tribulation. That is why we believe that it is important to understand the rapture most likely will happen before the tribulation is ignited. For many years I preached mid-trib theology, and that was before I actually understood the truth. Arrogance is an action, however, that takes liberties to make proclamations that do not align itself with what Jesus Christ said to the Church of Philadelphia. You can join me in the assurance that all the true born-again believers will not enter or go through any, and I mean any, portion of the tribulation. Not one piece of evidence matches the truth for those mid-tribbers or the post-toasty types. I am embarrassed to say I was one of them at one time, but I probably could claim that ignorance was truly bliss. Verse 11, it tells us, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, in order that no one takes your crown. When Christ says he is coming quickly, he means quickly. Our time on earth seems so long and so difficult. But in the timeline of God, it happens rather quickly. In God's view, it's like a twinkling of an eye, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. Our crown is our salvation. This verse states crown singular, not crowns. Crowns plural are rewards. But crown singular is salvation. An important note. He instructs us not to allow anyone, spirit or human, to steal the joy of our salvation. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and when our joy is taken from us, so is our strength. Verses 12 and 13, we find some interesting facts. These verses reveal to us some profound yet simple truths. Those of us who overcome will be made pillars in his temple. He will also write his name on that pillar and the name of the holy city of New Jerusalem. The great exchange will occur about the same time, probably the same second. When a true church is raptured from this dark world, the Lord will be spitting the church of Laodicea out of his mouth. We are living in the very hour of the coming of our groom for the true church. Just about every detail of prophecy has already been fulfilled. There's a few details remaining to accomplish for the Lord, but know this. Most of the prophecies have been fulfilled, just as in the past couple of generations we could note this. When he says, if you have an ear to listen, we probably should listen. 
Our reward is right around the corner, without question. I hate to say it, but yes, a believer can lose a part of his reward. I get questions asked of me on a regular basis, particularly since we started this series, if Christians can actually lose their salvation. Well, it does say that once we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, we're placed in the book of life. But it also says that those who do not endure to the end, their names shall be taken out of the book of life. So I'm just going to leave that business to God's sovereign position. There are five crowns talked about in the New Testament that can be earned. Yes, I said earned. By a believer through faithfulness and stewardship. Many shall enter into the kingdom of God, but it does not necessarily mean they will have multiple crowns. Some believers will receive a full reward. Others will lose, or all, of their reward because their works were not done by releasing Christ to do the work through them. Most of their works were self-life works. Don't despair over this. For you actually lose your reward would mean you are committing acts of not living and practicing the true gospel of Jesus. These rewards are not based upon a life of sinless perfection. They are acts of functioning in support of the synagogue of Satan. Jesus not only put this in place to have his bridal members perform for their crown, but rather it is more of a warning of participating in acts, deeds, and doctrines of the Antichrist. All works that are done by Christ being released through the believer to do the works are going to receive these rewards. As I teach on this particular lesson, I'm under conviction to challenge a few readers who may not be saved and may be motivated by the Holy Spirit to pray the salvation prayer. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a few quiet moments. Each of you who are under conviction to pray a salvation prayer, consider praying this prayer you're seeing right now.
For those of you who prayed the salvation prayer, if it was done through the authenticity of the Holy Spirit prompting you to do so, you are a new born-again indwelt believer. You now have the power to live the Christian life without works, but living the Christian life through the deeds of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you get connected to Christ as life discipleship as soon as possible. We thank you for joining us today. Please feel free to contact us anytime. You can reach me directly or you can contact us through our website. Until next time.